Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. So anyway, last week we looked at the scripture, Ephesians 1, verse 18. In the Passion, it says, I pray that the Lord of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. So we, we talked about last week that in our hearts, we have an imagination, and, and that imagination is simply the picture that we see on the inside. And we can actually have um, an understanding of who God is and what he has provided for us, but in our hearts, we see a different picture. And that's when we understand that we haven't conceived the Word of God in our hearts. And we need to conceive the Word of God in our hearts for us to be able to birth the, the promise, the, the Word that God, has, that God has given us. So we, we can understand it intellectually, but not actually have it living in our hearts. And what we want is we want it to live in our hearts because we want to produce a spiritual baby, right? And so... Uh, we also talked about last week that, that to get that in our hearts, when we see it in the Word of God, we understand what's available to us. Then we ask the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, enlighten. That's what Paul's praying here in Ephesians 1. Flood my heart with understanding of who my God is. Flood my heart with understanding of my God as my healer, as my provider, as my protector, everything that we know that is available to us in salvation. So I also mentioned last week that 2 Kings 6, verse 17, when Elisha's servant saw that they were surrounded by their enemies. And, you know, and the servant, he got all upset and he got, he got afraid. And he was like, what are we going to do? And Elisha prayed and he said, open my, you know, he prayed to the father and he asked for the father to open his servant's eyes. And when he opened, God did that. When God opened the servant's eyes, he saw who was for them, right? So what we're looking at is that when we want to, in fact, we'll start with, uh, let's, let's turn to John chapter 3. Verse 3, we will start with that scripture this morning. John 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So only God's children, only believers can see God's kingdom. And God designed for us to see his kingdom here on earth. And the way that we see God's kingdom is we look up just like Jesus did when he fed the 5,000 and he only had five loaves of bread and two fish. He did not have enough to feed 5,000 people. And if he just would have looked at that with his natural eyes, 
they wouldn't have had enough. But what he did, and he's, he's modeling for us, he's showing us, he held up the five loaves of bread and the two fish, and he said, you know, he looked up with the intent to get a different perspective. And that's where we need to really train ourselves. That needs to be our first response when we, when we have a situation that, that arises in our life or we need to make a decision or whatever, is stop and look into heaven and get God's perspective. God, what is your perspective here? See, so many times we want to go with our own perspective and then we want to find scriptures to support our perspective and we really miss it. And those are the times that we get frustrated with God, you know, or we get frustrated with like, I know this is in the word of God, but you know, I just don't seem to be able to walk in it. Well, humble yourself, you know, the type of heart that we all want to have, that we all need to have, is a humble heart. And a humble heart says that I, I'm not a know-it-all. Now, I have to be honest and confess that for years, I was a know-it-all when it came to God. And I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I would go with what I saw in the situation. I would find scriptures that would support the outcome I wanted, and then I would start praying there. And, and I'm learning that that's not how, we, how God designed it. See, he wants us to work with him, not him work with us. And what happens, the difference there is, is that when we try to do it with our own reasoning and, our, and, and come up with our own solution, is that then we're trying to get God to move. See, God's already moved, Right? You know, he's, he's already, when, when Jesus went to that cross and when he died, he said, it is finished. Now, it is finished for our salvation and for our ability to walk in Christ and to walk in the things that he provided for us. He accomplished his purpose for coming here. And so when you, when we're looking at our situations, we need to look at, okay, my starting place is it is finished. So God's not going to move. He's already moved, right? He's looking for us to align ourselves and to come into agreement with what his plan is. And I, I've learned a really good lesson here. So you all know that, you know, we've been, we've been doing some updates in our house. And for some reason, my boys, as, as we've been doing the updates, it's kind of made a mess inside the house. And, and my boys are like, do you want us to fix that so it doesn't look like that you're in the middle of a mess? And I'm like, no, I'm okay with you putting some sheetrock over it. You know, we don't need to do anything more than that, and we'll just leave it. And for some reason, they just don't understand that I'm okay with that. They're like, are you sure you're willing to live with it like that for a few years? And I'm like, yeah, I really am. And God said to me the other day, he goes, the reason that you are willing to live with it is because you're looking past the process to your finished result. And I thought, 
You're right. Because, see, I do kind of like to have things a certain way and clean and, you know, and everything in its place and everything looking nice. But it doesn't bother me that it's not that way anymore. I w it wouldn't bother me if somebody showed up to my house and they saw it that way because I'm not looking at the process and the pain that, you know, the, the discomfort of what I'm going through I've looked at the end result, and I have that vision in my heart. For 10 years, I've gone over in my thought process of what I want to do. And, and so, you know, that's on the inside. If you push my button and you ask me, I could tell you in detail, you know, the different steps that I want to go through and everything that I want to go through to get to the end result. And see, that's what Jesus did in Hebrews, in fact, let's just turn to Hebrews. Let's, Hebrews 12 and verse 2, and this one will be in the, trans, uh, the Passion that I want to read from. Hebrews 12, verse 2. We look, is everybody there? Okay. We look away from the natural realm, and we focus our attention and our expectation onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His, his example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that, that you would be his. Did you see that his heart was focused? He endured the agony of the cross and he conquered its humiliation. And he now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. This needs to be a scripture that we focus on. He looks past with his heart, right? See, he's not looking. If he would have looked at the, with his natural eyes, he knew what he was going to go through. He knew the, the, the beatings and, you know, the sacrifice that he was going to be for each and every one of us. But he looked past that. And he looked past that with the expectation and the joy in his heart of his relationship he was going to have with us. So as we go through situations, instead of looking at how long it's taking or you know, how frustrated you are thinking, okay, well, is this ever going to happen? Whatever it is that you think about, when you focus on that, you miss it. You miss the joy of the end result. Does that make sense? And see that as, as you focus with your heart, with your spiritual eyes, and you look past what you're going through to what, what is it that God has said to you? What has he promised you? So a lot of times I will, I will look in the word of God and whatever excuse that I have on why this might not work, I, I go to my Bible and I try to find, well, does it say that he will only provide for me if the weather's good and we never see any bad storms or if my paycheck is high enough you, you put in there whatever the reason is that 
that you feel like that it might be impossible for God to do something, okay? What, whatever it is that, that's stirring on the inside of you. And you put that in and go to the Word of God and see what the Word has to say. Because I've never found where there's a stipulation, let's say, for healing. Okay, so, you know, it doesn't say that only if, if it's something that the doctors can fix, I will be your healer. He doesn't say that. He says, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. And so, if I, you know, I go to the word of God, it says that he sent his word and he healed us. Does it say that I have to have enough faith? I have to be, you know, a certain way. I got to do something, you know, I got to do everything right. No, and praise God that he doesn't say that. So go to the word and sort it out. Make sure that you see that that what you're seeing in your heart is lining up with what's in the word. Because see, there's times that what's living in my heart does not line up with what the word says, the picture that I have. And that's what I shared last week as I got to looking at at my life and my situations with my natural eyes and the picture that was in my heart was getting fearful. The picture in my heart was, was trying to say this is not going to be a pretty outcome. And so I had to go back to the word of God and I was like, okay, Lord, talk to me. Show me what is going on. I want to know how to live in your promises. I want to live the way that you've called me to live. And I want to be able to share that with others. I want to see others set free. I want to see others walking in divine health. Well, for that, my heart needs to change. And I, when I realized that and saw, I did not feel condemnation. What I did was I said, okay, I see it, Father God. And I'm asking, according to Ephesians 1, I'm asking that you would paint the picture on my heart, cause my heart to understand what my Father is saying. Cause my heart to understand how to live the life that you called me to live. People of God, our life should look different than non-believers. Non-believers should look at our life and say, where do you come up with that? And I'm not just talking about, about having, you know, lots of money. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is they should look at our lives and see that we can walk through things in God's strength, in his power, in his peace, in his joy, and we should be able to see the promises that God has for us. So that's what we're going to look at today. Remember that, that imagination is a process, right? And imagination is the process of the Holy Spirit painting a picture in our hearts of, of what God is saying, all right? Now, it's really important that you understand the difference between your intellect and what's living in your heart. And, you know, so... You don't want to, you don't want to think just because you have the understanding intellectually that that's what's living in your heart. You need to be honest with God. You need to, you need to open your heart and say, God, show me what's living in my heart. 
Because there's times that you don't, you might not know exactly what's living in your heart. I remember a time when, when we were in ministry in Nebraska, and it just seemed like that we never quite had enough money to pay everything every month. And I was just getting kind of tired of it. And I, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? My, God, or my father did not raise a lazy daughter. I know how to work. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to get myself a job. And I'm going to help, you know, and, and we're going to be able to, to make ends meet and have a little extra. So about five, and I did that, and about five years down the road, one day, I just, I sent the kids off to school, and I grabbed my Bible, and I sat in my chair in the living room, and I just said, you know what, God? Something's not right with me spiritually. This, you know, I'm just really struggling here. I don't know what it is, but I'm struggling. And I said, I'm not moving. These kids all went to school. My husband's at work, and I'm not moving from this chair till you talk to me. So I sat there, you know, and was reading my word, praying, talking to the Lord. And pretty soon, I heard him say to me so clearly, he said, I never told you to get that job. And, and I remember, you might think this is really terrible of me. But what rose up in me was, well, I didn't ask. Have you ever caught yourself being a little bit like a kid with God, you know? And, and he's right. He's, he's like, yep, you didn't ask me. And then he showed me. It was just so interesting because he took me back to that time and he showed me what was living in my heart. And I didn't ask him purposely because I knew he would tell me no. And I went, oh. So anyway, so God said to me, he said, you need to quit your job. He said, that, that, that isn't what I designed. And I sat there for a little while longer, and I was praying and talking to him. And pretty soon, another thing came out of my heart that I did not know was there. And I jumped out of my chair, and I said, I don't want to trust you. It is too hard to trust you. And I went, wow, I didn't know that was in there. But if you don't take the time to let God deal with your heart, to show you what's in your heart, sometimes you don't realize really what's in your heart. And just as a testimony, when my husband came home from work, I told him what God said to me, and he said, you better quit your job. And so I called the boss, and I said, you know, I need to turn in a notice. I need to, I need to be done here. And what was scary to me was that we were having a hard time meeting ends meet and paying for everything with my extra income that was coming in. And I was thinking, how is this going to work? And do you know that it was easier without my income? We no longer had doctor bills continually rising up. It was just those things that kept coming, eating our seed, you know, eating our income, that it just stopped. So see, it's, it's important to allow God to look at your heart. Open your heart and let him, let him deal with you. Let him talk to you about your heart. So um, if, uh, let's look at Hebrews 3.19, and I will read that one from the Passion again. 
Hebrews 3, verse 19. Verse 19 says, it is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance because they wrapped their hearts in unbelief. So when we learn what our inheritance is, right, who we are in Christ, the provision that God's promised us, that's our inheritance. When my heart is wrapped in unbelief, I'm not able to receive that inheritance, so I can, I can understand that in my intellect, in my brain, and see, it according to the Word of God, by studying it, that, hey, this is available to me, but it's not living in my heart. So what I do is then I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, and I spend some time there. Meditate on that scripture. Meditate on whatever the Holy Spirit is showing you and saying, you know, give me a deeper understanding here. We will have a deeper understanding of God until we meet him face to face. I, um, Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, he always speaks at our pastor's conferences. And Anyway, he spoke this year, and I don't know if you're aware, but he got really sick. I think maybe it was a couple years ago, and he actually died and came back. And um, he was sharing a little bit about that, and he was saying that, that he thought he had a great understanding of God's love for him, but he said the moment he left his body, he said the love was so greater than anything he had understood. And he said it was just so beautiful. He said he cannot even put into words the depth of love that God has for us. And so, you know, my encouragement through that is to keep asking on a daily basis, is God, I want a deeper understanding of your love. I want to know how wide, how deep, how you know, long that your love is. And last night we were, we watched a documentary on um, Billy Graham. And the thing that was so amazing about this man was the love that he had for people. It didn't matter if they were communist. It didn't matter how much that they were against God. He still showed them love and respect and reached out to them and loved on them. And, you know, God opened doors for that man that nobody else has ever had those doors open. And he's been able, you know, he was able to go through those doors. And it was because he represented Jesus. And that needs to be our goal. Is, Is the world seeing Jesus when we are around them? Does my lips line up with what Jesus would want to say to these people? Does my actions line up with what with what Jesus would want, you know, to to respond to the people? Am I allowing the love of Christ to come out of me? Because see, we know that the love of Christ has been poured into our hearts. We know that the Holy Spirit that lives in us, his fruit is love, it's long-suffering, it's kindness. And the world right now, including Christians, can act pretty ugly, hateful, and nasty when somebody doesn't agree with them. 
you know, when we get to talking about the political realm. And, you know, Billy Graham, he was called the world's pastor. I mean, he, he was invited into communist countries because he represented Jesus, and he represented Jesus well. Are we representing Jesus well? Hebrews 4.2, and we will read that one in the Passion. Hebrews 4.2 says, For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did. Yet, they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. Remember, doubts in our hearts, people of God. What's the picture? Pay attention to what kind of picture you have in your heart. I remember a time that I know that God is love, but in the things I was going through, I remember saying to him, I know that you are love, but it doesn't feel like you love me right now. It doesn't feel like you're here with me. I feel like you have left me. Maybe none of you have ever experienced that, but, but I did. And see, what, what I would, should have known back then was that that was showing me the picture of my heart. See, if we ever feel like that God has left us, we have the wrong picture in our heart. And sometimes what we've done is we think that it's important what comes out of our mouth, which it is important what comes out of our mouth, but we need to remember that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the heart is my spiritual womb. The heart is where I conceive my inheritance. The heart is where I conceive his promises. So I need to pay attention to what's living in my heart. Not, not what I have up here, what I've understood in a Actually, and because my heart is what keeps me from, from seeing the manifestation of my inheritance. So in Proverbs 29, verse 18, Proverbs 29, verse 18, I think I will go ahead and read that one from the Passion also. Sorry, Jeremy. I'm a woman. I can change my mind, right? <laughs> Proverbs 29, verse 18. When there, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. See, it's, it's easy to wander away. It's easy to get focused with your natural eyes. But remember that those that don't, that, that don't have a vision that they perish, our vision is the picture that's in our hearts. So pay attention. What kind of picture do you have in your heart? In Proverbs 4, verse 23, I've, I've mentioned this one. I'm just, you don't have to turn there. Just write it in your notes. Proverbs 4, 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. See, it's not, 
it's not circumstances that determine what's going on in your life. It's what's living in your heart. So pay attention. You know, what's living in your heart will shape your future. It will shape your circumstances. Let's turn to Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. And we'll do it in the Passion also. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So, so many times I remember when I, when I first started learning about what you could see with your natural eyes and what you couldn't see with your natural eyes, I used to think, well, is that lying? Is that just making things up? No. When you look at it spiritually, what it is, is it's okay, we get to make the choice. Do you want to live your life from the supernatural realm, from God's heavenly kingdom, from his inheritance, or do you want to live it in the natural? And you have to make that choice. You can't, well, you can, but you're not going to have a lot of peace and joy and success if you're always flopping back and forth, right? But if we, if we, Make the commitment. You know what, God? I see in your word that you designed for me to be able to walk in my inheritance, to walk in your power, in your strength, in your promises, and you designed for me to be able to see from heaven because I'm seated with Christ in heaven that you caused me to see what's available. I want to live there. Well, for me to live there, I have to make a choice moment by moment which realm I want to live in, and so do you. Do you want to live from the realm that you can see with your natural eyes? And you know what? If you do, you allow the world to take you on this roller coaster, and you're up and you're down, and it's like, okay, I don't want to live there. And, the, and my Bible says that Satan is the God of this world, and there's no truth found in him, that he's the father of all lies. So anything that comes from the world realm, I don't trust. I'm not going to believe. But you know what? If I continually put in what the world has to say and the world's ways, then, then it's going to be hard. My heart's not going to be stable. Because I'm continually trying to figure out what is truth. Well, what is truth is the Word of God. Because our Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He's a God that cannot lie. So if I see it in, my, in the Word, in my Bible, then that's where I'm going to choose to believe. So, you say, let's say that you're dealing with an illness, that you have doctors, and they're saying... Well, there's nothing we can really do. You know, we'll try to do our best. I can either believe what that doctor has said, or 
I can, I can refuse to allow that to enter my heart, and I can go to the Word of God and say, you know what, God, I choose to believe you. Now, I can't continually look with my natural eyes and look and listen with my natural ears and live from the heavenly realm. I have to make a choice. And sometimes I have to make that choice pretty often, moment by moment. You know, until, and, and what I do is that I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I need a deeper understanding. I need you to paint this on my heart. Who is my God? He is my healer. I choose to trust him and him alone. He is my provider. It doesn't matter what kind of year we had, what kind of economy that this world, my Bible doesn't say, does your Bible say that God will provide for you as long as the economy is good? He doesn't, does he? See, you have to look past the journey to what God is saying to you. If you pay attention to your journey, you're going to miss it. Establish your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit, establish my heart. I want to look past my journey here. And it's, when, when God showed me that with our remodel, to look past, that became so clear to me. And I went, oh my gosh, that is so true. If, if you if you look past the pain, the agony, the discomfort, what you might have to go through, one of the things that Glenn and I have been asking God is that, you know what, God, we don't want to just make it through this, but what we want is we want to grow through this. We want a deeper understanding, a deeper revelation of who you are. And that's why in James, when it says that you can count it all joy when you encounter various trials and temptations, the reason I can count it joy that my house is a mess because I have the joy of what the end result will be. And see, if, if you would put your focus there, that, you know what, my end result is I'm going to have a deeper understanding of who you are. I'm going to be more intimate with you. That's what we want, right? Right? We don't want God just to, to, to come in and to remove the problem and not change us. Because if he doesn't change us, if we don't get a deeper revelation of who he is, the next time that we end up in a situation that's similar, we're going to be in a pile just like we are now, right? But if we get that understanding and he's able to establish our hearts, we're not moved. The storms are going to come, people of God. Things, you know, the world could get a lot worse. But you know what? If your focus is on God and what he's saying to you, then we can go forth into this world and show this world Jesus and not show this world what it's like for a Christian to act in their flesh. See, the Bible says that we are to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So remember, according to Hebrews 1, that the evidence, that, you know, there's a substance and there's the evidence of things not seen. They do exist, 
but you don't see them with your natural eyes right now. Did you, when you got saved, I mean, you're serving a God you cannot see. So do you think that there's, there's an, inher- an inheritance that you cannot see? How do, how do we find that? Could we go to the Word of God? We ask the Holy Spirit, teach us, guide us, show me what's available. I do not want to get to heaven and find out that there was so much more that was available to me than what I walked in and I could and I was supposed to accomplish so much more than what I ever accomplished. I don't want, I don't want to be that. I want to see and accomplish everything that my God designed for me to accomplish at this time. I refuse to fear of what's going on in this world. I refuse to say that darkness is winning. And the reason I refuse to say that is because I know that my Jesus conquered Satan and he made a show of him openly that he destroyed his works. So when you look at the world and you see, oh my gosh, the darkness is winning, you are not looking with your spiritual eyes. You're not looking into heaven and getting God's perspective. Yeah, it may not be all that good. But let me challenge you with this. The word of God says that we are ambassadors for Christ. Do you know that when we send an ambassador from the United States to another country, that they are governed by our laws and not by the other country's laws? Do you get it? You are governed by heaven's laws, not by these laws here in the United States. You are governed by heaven's. And that needs to be our first priority. We need to see that in our hearts. Because when you see that in your heart, you're able to go forth. And yeah, there may be some tough times ahead. I'm not, I'm not denying that. But I'm saying that, you know what? Going through those tough times, I'm going to learn how to live from heaven, from, the, from God's economy, from God's realm. And, and I'm going to refuse as much as I can to live from this natural realm. The other thing that I want to challenge you with is the word of God says that you are a citizen of heaven, right? When you give your life to Christ, you are a citizen of heaven. A lot of times we're more concerned and, and think in our hearts, no, I'm a citizen of the United States of America and you know, whatever you want to add to that. Nope, my citizenship is in heaven, and I live here, but my citizenship is in heaven. And I'm going to live by heaven's rules and by heaven's principles while I live here. You see, we're, we're, we're living in the world, but we're not of the world. It's time to separate ourselves. It's time to see the difference between the world's ways and heaven's ways. Do you want to live that victorious life? Do you want to be the overcomer that the word of God says? If you want to be that, you have to make a choice. Which realm am I going to get my information from? 
You know, where am I going to live? And, you know, that fear that tries to grab our hearts. And I've never, in all the times that we've been in ministry, have never seen the world in so much fear. And you know what? If God's going to take care of us, he's going to take care of us. And there are a lot of people out there that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's what we need to be about, is we need, we need to make the decision, okay, I am going to live from your realm, Father God, and I'm going to show this community and any other place that I go, I'm going to show them who you truly are. Don't mistake a belief system for true faith. Faith is spiritual, it is not mental. And a lot of times people will say, I have a hard time knowing if this is God talking to me or not. And I think that one of the reasons that they have a hard time knowing if God's talking to them or not is because God talks to us in our hearts. Okay, he wants us to live from our hearts. That's different than living from an intellectual. You know, the Pharisees lived intellectually. They knew about God, but they didn't know him. And see, Paul was praying in Ephesians 1 that we would know him, that we would experience him. And what happens is, is when we know him in our hearts and we experience him in our hearts, is it, it causes us to be stable. It's like, you can't convince me anything other than what God has said to me in my heart. But you know what? If I don't have that in my heart and I start seeing things with my natural eyes, I start wavering. And I get afraid. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? I start losing my, my foot. And, and anyway, you know, so that, that's how I know that I need a deeper understanding. That's when I start saying, you know what? Father, you sent me the Holy Spirit. He is living in me. And I didn't get to all the scriptures I wanted, sorry. (laughs) That he's living in me, and there's that power in the life of of you in me. And you provided a way for me to be victorious, for me to be an overcomer. I am not a victim. I am not a victim. God's power is alive. His love is alive. And we we need to get that on the inside of us, in our hearts, that says, you know what, God, you are. And I'm going to take you to this world, and I'm going to show this world that you are alive, and that you are living, and that you love them, and that you care for them, and that you will deliver them. You will heal them. I believe that that's where God is calling this church. This church was established because they said, you know what? I see in the word of God that God heals. I see in the word of God that he sets people free. I see in the word of God that that he desires us, that he's chasing us down. If you feel lonely and, and you're wondering, where is God? I'm telling you, God is chasing you down. Stop and ask him to show me your love. Realize, you know what? He is here and I have to quit or else I'll be as bad as the pastor. <laughs> so anyway father god we just love you and father i tell you confirm the word of god in our hearts father god i ask that you would paint a picture in our heart of the greatness of who you are that you are the god who loves you are the god who is exceedingly abundantly above anything that we can ask for enlarge our understanding enlarge our hearts i thank you teach each and every one of us how to to 
look with our spiritual eyes, to humble ourselves and to look up into heaven, to get a different opinion of whatever's going on in our lives. I thank you for that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I declare that transformation is happening in each and every one of our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com live, and you can watch Sermon Slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.